Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. The hindrances. What are those things? The key, I'm talking about the spiritual key ones, things that hinder us from being what? Transformed totally. God wants his children that will enter into his rest to follow him wholly and fully. Not partially, because it will not work. God is all or nothing. That's God. It's all or nothing. If I send my child to a university and he goes there and he registers for classes, and after about three years or two years, he drops out, would he get the diploma? He will not. That's how God is. Or ascending to the university, he calls scholars. He passes history, he fails math. He does this, he does that. I mean, partially, he's just there, not very sure exactly what to do. So God doesn't want that. And that's why he told us, only those who follow me wholly will enter into my rest. Read me Numbers, please, 14, 20 to 24. Numbers 14, 20 to 24. Yes. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, mm -hmm. but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Yes. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Mm -hmm. But my servant Caleb, mm -hmm. because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. My servant Caleb followed me fully. There is no reservation. With God, there is no reservation. The submission you give to God must be full and total. Because that's what God expects. He does not anything partial. That's why he told us, he said, well, if you are lukewarm, I will spit you out. If you are lukewarm. Can you read me Revelations, please, 3, 21, 22. Revelations chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. Yes. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, mm -hmm. as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear, let him hear. what the Spirit says. I am sitting on my father's throne because of what? I overcame. I overcame. The, for you to overcome, you must come overcome fully. You cannot say, I have done half of this and I didn't do this, and you get what you're looking for. That's not going to work with God. Because with God, there is no partiality. And there's no shadow of what? Turning and or even any variation. James 1.17, please. James 1.17. Yes. Every good and every perfect gift is from above mm -hmm. and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. There is no variation or turn of turning from God. 
And therefore, whoever is following God and looks back, according to the scriptures, Luke 9.62, that person is not worthy, what? For the, fit for the kingdom. Is not fit for the kingdom. In other words, whoever is not following with all his heart, everything that you have, fully and completely. That's why Jesus Christ was warning us. Read me Luke 14, please, 26. Luke 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, mm -hmm. he cannot be my disciple. If you're not willing to follow me wholly, he's not saying we should hate anybody. Because God is love. He doesn't ask for us to hate anybody. What he's saying that if you come to me and you're not willing to surrender all. If you come to me as still holding on to something else. Then you're not worthy. Because you see the kingdom of God according to him is what? If you read me, what? Matthew 13 please. 44 to 45. Matthew 13, 44 to 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, mm -hmm. which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has. All. And, yes. And buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. God bless you. He goes and sells all. I'm not telling you right now to just go home and sell all you have. Because I mean some manipulators and all sorts of agents of darkness will say, God is saying, go and sell all and bring it. Bring it to who? Don't bring to me what God is saying in your heart. You better sell all. Let nothing in your heart ever comes before God. That's what he's saying. Let nothing. Let not children. Let not money. Whatever it is, let it not come before God. Because if you do so, I'm a jealous God. And you are not serving me. With all your heart and with everything you have. Are you, are you following me? Yes. So that's why God calls us to try to what? Call to remembrance. All the past experience. Or fact which is set before us as an example. And it is written down in the Holy Scriptures for our own what? Admonition. For our own admonition. God is taking so much pain. Even after Christ to say, look at the way I handle things, my children. Lest you forget, because I, God, I change not. Heaven and age shall pass away. My word remains forever. No matter whatever happens, I sent my only begotten son. I didn't send him so that I can come now and change. And we can now have license to do whatever that pleases us. No, I don't change the way I did things in the past. I will do it one more time. That's why our God, he said, there is no shadow of what? Turning. And there's no partiality in him. In other words, why is he saying there's no partiality in him? Partiality. First Peter, please. 117. First Peter 117. Yes. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, mm -hmm. conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Two things right there. He judges. Without partiality. Well, I know. But he judges each one, right? Without what? But he judges them according to what? Kai, I don't know where they get all this scripture. The quote about his all grace. But let's, let's just forget about that. First of all, number one. There is no partiality with God. 
What does that mean? There is no exemption for anyone and there is no exception for any rule. You see? Because I remember when I was practicing law, they would say that's an exemption. In other words, you're exempted from this. There's none. If he would tell Moses, you will not enter the promised land because he didn't do what I tell you to do, then how much more you and I? So you have a situation where God cannot, it's not partial. He remains God. He's not a man, he cannot lie. That's why we are blessed to have the almighty God. Because no matter whatever happens, he will not judge us as a man, he will judge us as God. He's God. Are you, are you with me here? Yes. So he told us to call to remembrance. Make sure whenever you go, remember this scripture, which is that 1 Corinthians 10, 1 to 12. Always remember it. There was a reason why. Who wrote 1 Corinthians? Paul. But Paul is the one who is so widely, what? Quoted as the one giving everybody license that is all grace. But Paul was, can you read that? Let's read it because, I mean, you know, this is very. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 1 to 12. Mm -hmm. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. Mm -hmm. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. Mm -hmm. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. That rock was who? Christ. Make note of that. That's going to be a question. Go on. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Now, these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things mm -hmm. as they also lusted. Yes. And do not become idolaters as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Mm -hmm. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. Let's stop right there. You can read it. Even on those on the line, you can read that. They're just telling us, be careful. Do not forget one thing. That is God who did not spare his children that he brought out of what? Egypt. And the rock was who? Christ. The rock was Christ. You see, so the rock that have come, God is not going to spend. I mean, he's just letting us know, be careful. So you don't take things for granted because I'm God, I will do the same thing. And that's why he concluded in that verse 2, he said, well, beware. Yes, go. let him who thinks he stands yes. take heed lest he fall. Because otherwise he will fall, no matter whatever happens. So that's what we'll be talking about what, in total transformation. But this very evening, we're dealing with hindrances. And I will mention just a few because you can just name, have a catalog of hindrances. But there are key ones that not we must have to be destroyed and those who are listening. Number one will be what? Forty foundation. That is what is killing us. And many people in many, many churches, a forty foundation. When people have, the foundation was not a proper foundation laid on to them. The first foundation that I'll mention to you will be the foundation of relationship. What is the nature of relationship to, towards God? They lost that in many ways in church. They don't even teach about it. You see, the intimate relationship is not about doctrine. It's not about denomination. 
But that intimate one-on-one -on -one relationship, there's only one relationship that can get someone to enter into the rest, God's rest. It is a fusion together, a spiritual oneness with God as the son was with the father. Because you see, with God, he tells us one thing. If anybody wants to have fellowship with God, there should not be any shadow of darkness in that person because God is light. So to enter into race and be with him, you have to be as he is. Read me first John, please. One, five and seven. First John 1, verse 5 and verse 7. Yes. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness mm -hmm. at all. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You left verse 6. Oh, I thought you said 5 No, 5 seven. to 6. 5 seven. to 7. Sorry. Okay. okay. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie mm -hmm. and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Right. Now, the question is, I ask you this. What actually was the greatest assignment, the first assignment that Christ came to establish? There was an assignment, the first thing he fulfilled, or the first thing he taught us. Oh, I know. I mean, they've been talking about it for a long time. Oneness with the Father. And how do you deal with that oneness with the Father? Read me the first thing. Read me John, please, 424. John 424. Yes. God is spirit. Let's make sure everyone, no matter wherever they are, to understand one thing. That God is who? The flesh and blood cannot interact or have relationship with spirit. It's not possible. That's why he said, look, Nicodemus, you must have to be born again by the spirit of the living God. God is spirit. That's what Christ came to tell us to do. So with all the misunderstanding, how you seek God or whatever you can go and worship him, if you want to truly serve God, it has to be in your heart. Hallelujah. It has to be in your heart because God is spirit and those who worship him, worship him what? In spirit and in truth. And that was because, you see, after many years, look at the scripture. After many years from Genesis, down almost close to Jeremiah, God got a point where he said, my goodness, my children, they will not even comprehend this relationship I want to establish with them. He said, the time will come, then I will, what? Establish a new covenant with them. Read me Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34, please. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. Oh, to five, yeah. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, mm -hmm. not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Yes. My covenant which they broke. They broke it. Though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds mm -hmm. and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, 
know the Lord, mm -hmm. for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. Let's stop right there. The whole shall know me. I will now write my law. I will come in. Behold, if you look at what Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door. You are not, let me in. I come to stay with you. And the same thing, that thing was repeated, I think, is what Hebrews 8, 10 to 12, the same thing. I will do a new covenant. And this covenant, and that's what Christ came to tell us. You know what, if you want to worship the Father, the Father is spirit. You have to worship him in spirit because there is no way flesh can understand spirit. In fact, why did he say that his children did not follow his covenant? At one point he was saying that they didn't know my what? God bless you. They didn't know. They didn't understand my way. My way is to worship me in the same spirit that I follow them. But Christ came and told us that. Christ does not just say that as some of us do. You know, we say it with our mouth and that's the end of it. How many times have we had those who worship God, worship in spirit and in truth? Maybe one million times and yet it has never sunk in. But Christ came and told us, said, you know one thing? Those who worship the Father and worship in spirit and truth, there is no way you can be with the Father except you are one with him. Then he told us one thing. He said, well, I am my Father. I want. That's going to be the only way. It will not work. And he just did not claim that. But he showed it by the things he did. By the things he did. I am my father. I want. It's not just talking. About, how did he do it? If you look at John 5.30, he said, well, I came here to do my father's will. Whatever my father tells me to do, that's what I will do. The same thing he told us in John 6, what? 38. I came to do my father's will. And then John 8, 29, it says what? John 8, 29. Mm -hmm. And he who sent me is with me. Mm -hmm. The father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. You see, we are one. And there's only one way for me to demonstrate this love that I have for my father. Read me. <laughs> John 14, 31, please. John 14, 31. Yes. But that the world may know that I love the Father. Mm -hmm. And as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. So I do. And you know one thing? Wherever I went, I'm talking as if uh, I mean uh, Christ saying that now. Wherever I went, I don't care and I don't care what people said. If they can't believe me, they will believe in what I do. Are you following me? If you can't believe me, and that's the same situation with all of us. How do we demonstrate that God is with us? How do we demonstrate that we have now been transformed? Because if you look at Matthew 5, 16, he said, well, let your light so shine. When people will see that light, then they know you're from God. Not what you say, but what you do. And Christ was just telling us the same thing. If you don't want to believe me because I'm telling you I am my father one, there's one thing that bears witness that I am my father what I want is what I do. Comprend? Yes. <laughs> Read me John 10 25, please. John 10 25. Yes. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. They bear witness of me. And I love the, the, the dialogue between him and the, Philip. Read me, read me the, was it 14, right? 14, 7 to 12. 
Seven or seven to eleven. Seven to eleven. Yes. Seven to eleven. Yes, ma'am. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. Yes. Why? Because Philip was saying, "Show us what. Show us the father." And he said, "Look, look, look, Lord. If you show us this father, that will suffice." Christ said, "This, this, this. My my apostles still have no understanding." Go on, please. Um, and from now on, you know him and have seen him. Mm -hmm. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Mm -hmm. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Mm -hmm. Believe me that I am in the Father yes. and the Father in me. Yes. Or else, believe me for the sake of the works believe themselves. Believe me for the sake of the work. What I do, Philip, that will tell you whether the Father is in me and I'm in him. And there is no way I can walk contrary to the Father and still be with him. And say I'm transformed. I know God. I don't know God. That's Christ was just telling us. Let your works speak for you. Not your mouth. Most of us, we talk so much, but then that's the end of it. And when it comes to test, we flunk it. We fail. Woefully. Are you there? Yes. That's one foundation. Intimate relationship with God. If you really want to enter his rest, because that's where God is. The second foundation problem that we have is the foundation of holiness and righteousness. That's almost like being eliminated or completely erased from the book of all the works of churches. We miss that from the foundation. It was like we talked about be holy because I'm what? Holy. Because I'm holy. And we just rambled it and everything goes off. But I can tell you, my brother and sister, that when God said, be holy, because I'm holy, he meant it. Literally meant it. Now, somebody may just be, if you have not been hearing this message before, you may just really argue and say, how can anybody hold it? That's the same thing that killed us with our foundation. They will tell you, don't worry about it. It's written here, but nobody can be holy. Nobody can be righteous. Don't worry about it. You are too righteous. You are too holy, this and that. But... The Bible tells us without righteousness and holiness, nobody shall see God. All God is looking for are people who are willing to stop arguing and disputing, but in their heart are willing to say, I really want to do the will of God. I want to be the way you are, God. If you really mean it, God said, I will give you the heart. I will give you the spirit to do it. And that's a transforming spirit. That's what at the time will come when I will now put that in them. Alright? So I'm not going to dwell so much on the righteousness and holiness, but I can tell you right now, somebody may say, you cannot walk towards them into righteousness and holiness. It's a lie. It's a lie. You have to be number one. The choice is yours. You have to be determined that from now on, I give myself completely away. Lord, I walk away. You have to even have that sensitivity of saying, this thing that is sinful, this is adultery, or this is stealing. I don't want to do it anymore. 
If God sees that you're serious, and he knows you're weak, because without him we can do nothing. This God, oh, I'm telling you from experience, he will come and help you to overcome that. That is not what we do with our children. Child walk down here. The child walks and falls down. Child walks down there. He says, let me help you. But you sit down there, you don't want to try. I just you don't want to try. You don't want to try. I can't force you. You see, God has given us everything, but that choice is still ours to go on. So the holiness, that's why Peter, all the way down to this, and Peter reminded us again. Read me first Peter, please. Can you read only from 13 to 16? Yeah, let's read that only. First Peter 1, 13 to 16. Yes. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Mm -hmm. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, mm -hmm. but as he who called you is holy, yes. you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Be holy for I am holy. Hebrews 12, 14, please. Hebrews 12, 14. Yes. Pursue peace with all people mm -hmm. and holiness without which no one will see without the Lord. Without which no one can see the Lord. I am not trying here to say I am holy. That's not what I'm proclaiming, please. But I'm asking the Lord and say, as far as I'm concerned, Lord, here I am. That's everything of this flesh. I want it dead. I will not anymore, as long as his grace is with me, extend my hand to do that which I do willingly, knowingly, intentionally, that is wrong. I will not do it anymore. And God is always merciful to see that he will help you if he sees that. So that's Peter telling us that's the way it is. That foundation was lost. They tell you, don't worry about it. God didn't mean that. No, God meant it. He doesn't change. The next foundation is repentance. That was the one that was all messed up off in the beginning. They think, okay, you can repent, you come back, you repent, you repent. No, no, no. Repentance, actually. Let me, let, me, let me follow this way. Remember when we dealt about the devil last week? We said that does the devil fear God. Remember? And uh, thank God, God gave us that very answer. How can you fear God when you don't obey him? The fear of God is to depart from evil. The devil will never depart from evil, so he can never love God. He can never. It's not possible. So, but you see, we said also about a few weeks ago, concerning this repentance, please listen very carefully, that actually love begets mercy, right? You can name it because I have said it many times. Love begets mercy. Mercy begets what? But let's, let's bring this now down. What is grace? Don't give me the, the former definition I gave. What is grace? Grace, great, let's say grace actually with Christ. Grace is simply, but what? The goodness of God. If you give somebody grace, it's goodness. Isn't it what it is? Yes. You have a standard of goodness. And goodness is given for repentance. Giving, giving for repentance. And you know one thing, the funny part of it? Those who rely on the false sense of security 
It's all about grace. Don't do that. What, there's something I read. I, I just shook my head. He said, Christ died and paid all our sin, for our sins and even the, even the future ones. And that it is unnecessary to repent. Oh, you haven't? Yeah. You don't repent. There are places where you try to even to, to pray and say repent and they said, ah, no, no. Don't need to bring that. It's not necessary. But I was just, I was asking the Lord when I was coming. He said, okay. I don't even know where that is. If you look at, let's see Revelation before we go back. Revelation 2.5. Revelations 2.5. Yes. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent. Who, says, who said that? Jesus. This is the end of this thing. Look at Revelation and say, repent. But they want to take all that away. Read me 16, please. Verse 16. Revelations 2.16. Yes. Repent or else I will come to you quickly. And will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. You see, when you see these confusing and lying messages, run away from it. That's what I'm trying to tell anybody. I'm not trying to say, listen to me. Listening to me will not do you any good. Listen to the voice of the Spirit of God. If you hear the truth, follow it. It's that's what will help you, not a human being. You see, when one actually, he gives us, he said, what? If you look at grace, grace is the goodness of God. And according to Romans 2.4, Romans 2, 4. Yes. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? The riches of his goodness, yes. Forbearance and long-suffering? Mm -hmm. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? The goodness of the Lord leads you to repentance. But repentance is no repentance, except is not to repent again. For the same thing. Listen to me now. Please, let's get. Repentance is not very spiritually effective. Except it is designed so that you don't have to repent for the same thing that you did before. That is why, out of grace of God, the woman caught in adultery. In John 8, you know, Christ was almost like saying, Woman, you have got what? Come and help me. Woman, you have got what? Grace. Grace. The goodness of God. I'm not going to condemn you now. I'm not going to do anything. Go. But with this woman, you know one thing? The goodness of God should lead you to repentance that you don't repent again. Go. And therefore, sin no more. John 8, 11 said, go and sin no more. Okay? Go and sin no more. So that's what repentance is. So the repentance leads you to that. That's the goodness of God leading to repentance. And then the repentance will lead you to salvation. That's the transformation that you should get. If one is not transformed yet, he has not repented fully. The reason being that whenever you are guilty about something, you personally in your heart and you feel so remorseful, you don't want to do it again. But if it's something which is casual in your mouth, I'm sorry, you do it the same thing again. It's not in. Repentance should bring change. Read me first, 2 Corinthians, please. 7.10. 2 Corinthians 7.10. Yes. For godly sorrow produces repentance. So repentance. <laughs> godly sorrow produces repentance. Go on, yes. Leading to salvation. Leading to salvation. Not to be regretted. Now, don't worry about that kind of translation. And I know where I read it, that I love it. Read me that, uh, the King, King James. Not the, not the new version. The first old King James. The same thing. For godly sorrow walketh repentance mm -hmm. to salvation. Yes. 
Not to be repented of. Not to be repented of. You see, they try to get all this, some of this new translation now. What? They want to please people. They want to change it around. I said, no, no, no. Don't call about repent anymore. We don't want to hear it, but they regret it. What do you mean by regret? It's even confusing. You see? But not to be repented. That's what God wants us to do. And look at the explanation of what? This repentance not to repeat the same thing. Read me Hebrews, please, 6. 1 to 6. Hebrews 6, 1 to 6. Yes. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, mm -hmm. let us go on to perfection. Mm -hmm. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. I'm not the one saying that, please. Go on. And of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, mm -hmm. and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened mm -hmm. and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God mm -hmm. and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God mm -hmm. and put him to an open shame. Let me ask you this. What was the reason? Tell me one reason. I don't know. I, I pray that the Lord will touch us right now. What was the reason why a true repentance is not to repent again? He gave there. What was the reason he gave there? Why he was, he was reading it? What was the, prob the biggest problem? The fear. You see, when somebody repents and again you do the same thing and repents, then you know the danger. Your conscience is sealed. It doesn't affect it anymore. You go on. That's why he said that, look, if you continue to do, do that, he said it's impossible to ever repent truly and come back because you are used to deceiving yourself. Are you with me? That's what he's saying there. So, because once somebody's conscience is gone, he doesn't feel it anymore. What is remains? You continue to do it and you convince yourself it's okay. And sometimes you'll be, you think you're hiding it from God. So, that is what I'm talking about repentance. That is missing from the time when I was brought up, even in churches. They will not teach you what it actually how deep that repentance means. When you say you have repented, you have left that sin. If the sin is still with you, you have not repented. Comprende? Yes. Am I speaking English or am I? Forgive me, everybody. I mean, if it's still there, you have not repented at all. That's why if you look at what? Isaiah 55, 7, seven please. Make sure we are there because we are concluding this transformation today by His grace. Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked forsake his way, mm -hmm. and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. The Lord will have mercy on the wicked when he does what? When he forsakes his way. That's all I can tell you right now. Ezekiel 18.21 was saying the same thing. The Lord will have mercy when he forsakes his way. Why? If you look at what? 1 Timothy 1.13. Paul was saying, you know one thing? The mercy I had before was because what I did, I did ignorantly. 
Then if you continue to do what he did ignorantly, now it is intentional and willing and knowingly. He cannot say, blame God anymore. He knows. Remember we talked about assumption of risk? One who assumes risk has asked for it. Did you get what I said to read? First Timothy 1.13. I didn't say that. I've already read Ezekiel 18.21. Yes. But if a wicked man turns from all his sins. From who? What? From what? Go on. Which he has committed, keeps all my statutes, and does what is lawful and right. He shall surely live. Mm -hmm. He shall not die. He shall not die. That's the third one now, 40 foundation. The fourth one I'm going to give you, I'm not going to give any scripture, just go very quickly to just let you know. It's a doctrine, what? Foundation, doctrine. Whatever you do, wherever you are. Let no one, whoever replaces the doctrine and gospel of Jesus Christ with his own doctrine or with his own church doctrine has become an antichrist. I want to tell you right now, because that happened to so many denominations. This is our own. No, 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 no. That's why I said, and I have stood up to preach that denominational doctrine is of the devil. Why? Because denominational is a separation. Everyone, everybody is trying to, is human beings trying to establish their own kingdom. But Christ is one, unchangeable. The word of God does not change. His doctrine is the same. So, whatever, don't allow anyone to, what? to deceive you with his own doctrine or the church doctrine. The doctrine of Christ, the doctrine, you can read it, is there. All right? Now, the second major, I was looking about foundational problem. The second major problem of transformation is what? Lack of spiritual understanding. And I'm going to rush this one so quickly. There's a lack of spiritual understanding of what? Number one, the two keys. Now, the Lord who told me said, these are the two keys that will lead you to enter. That's why you see the book says the two keys too. If you say the key, two keys of, it's okay. But the two keys that will allow you to enter, he used that word, he said, two. If you have them, I'll get you in. You know, lack of understanding of what that is. That God, the character of God is defined by these two keys. The character of God. There is nothing anyone can do with God without these two keys. Love and obedience. There is no way anybody will have any association with God without those two keys. God is love according to the scriptures. First John 4, you see about 8, you see 16, say God is love. If God then is love, that means that what? God is also what? Come on. God is also what? I told you two keys. Obedience. obedience. God is love and obedience. So if you look at the two keys, they're just like one. But actually, because you cannot separate the, the two. It's not possible. But when we get that understanding, we go to church, we live in a church, we almost cannot become whatever we want to become and call ourselves whatever name we want to call ourselves and say we love God, but we don't obey him. We don't love God. That is as simple as that. You see? And that I didn't know a long time. I went to church once a while to show off. I didn't know that you have to obey God because I thought I have to obey myself. Which is the truth, all of us. 
But knowing fully well that if you don't obey him, you don't love him. And that the love God is talking about must be perfect. It cannot be perfect except it's the love for him and all others. If anybody still bears or still harbors any bitterness or unforgiveness, that person does not love God and does not know what love is. Why? Because forgiveness is an extension of love. It's also the same situation. So God is love and forgiveness. And that's why he told us in John 14, 15, if you love me, obey me. But you know one thing? If you don't forgive, you don't love me. And for that reason, I will not forgive you. You know why? Because one who does not forgive, the heart is not clean. There's no way he can see God. Because you see Matthew 5, 8, it's a blessed are those who what? Who has a pure heart. Those are the ones who should see God. One who has not forgiven should not see God. But then let's forget about this forgiveness. Forgiveness must be for all, everyone. It has to be all or nothing. If you forgive nine and keep one, keep one you have not forgiven. Where is that? I say you have to forgive all. Mark eleven twenty five, right? Mark eleven twenty five. Yes. At that time, oh, that's Matthew. Are you sure? <laughs> Mark eleven twenty five. Yes. And, and whenever you stand praying, and whenever there is not even any any games there. Whenever, okay. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Now, if you have anything against who? Anyone. Anyone. Hallelujah. Anyone. And that's why he gave us clearly. Give me Matthew, right? 5, 23 to 24. Matthew 5, 23 to 24. Yes, ma'am. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar mm -hmm. and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Forgive all. And forgive all the time. Now there's a question that's going to come here right now. Let me see if we're going to be able to pick it. Forgive all the time. Well, Matthew 18, 22. Remember when Peter was asking how many times should I forgive? Mm -hmm. Yes. Matthew 18, 22. Mm -hmm. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Up to infinity. I don't care whatever you want to calculate. You, those of you who, are, who do mathematics, 70 times seven. I don't want to get into it, but for me, 70 times seven is infinity. No. For me, 70 times 70 is infinity. Forgive all the time. Now, but let me ask you this question right now. And this is the question that somebody asked. We're going to bring it as almost like a... 15 minutes question. But let's do it quickly here. If I hold, should I hold forgiveness until the offender comes to me and says he's sorry? No? Okay, God bless you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're going somewhere. This is wonderful. No, because he said, he said what? For, forgive all the time. He doesn't give you an excuse. You, you go ahead and not forgive now, and tomorrow you die. You go to hell. So you better forgive. Because your forgiving father will not forgive you. As simple as that. Don't worry about it. Because if you, if actually he waited for us to repent before he sent Christ. I don't I think I need to get up and go home. Because, no, this is true. If we actually did that, nothing would have remained. 
So be like your heavenly father. Be perfect in love. According to Matthew 5.48, say, be you perfect in love as your heavenly father is also perfect. And Colossians 3.14 tells us that word, that love is the perfection of all born. Everything there, it covers it. And we don't want to get into Proverbs because it tells us what, it covers all sins. So that is that area. That is that area. That is actually what you can call those two keys missing. We, don't, we, we have no clue. And then, you see, the next thing that is missing for us, when you look at the whole, whole case coming in, we're lacking there. But I know the time we have. I just thought we're going to conclude it, but I think, in a way, we, will we just pretty much have done it today. Because if you can get this area, I don't think uh, we're going to do total transformation again after this. If I have to do a lot of things, but it's, it's very important for us to know one thing. That also one thing you need to know, that our worst enemy is who? Well, our worst enemy is why? Is, why are we are our worst enemy? Please answer me. Why are we the, our, our own worst enemy? Whoever is unwilling to mortify all what works of the flesh. Listen, I'm talking about willingness. I'm not talking about you that this ability has come your way. No, whoever is unwilling. To kill all the things about the flesh. And we know where to get what? The works of the flesh. It's not Galatians 5, 19 to 21. We're not going to get into it right now. Whoever is unwilling to do that will never be transformed. Whoever maintains bitterness in his heart will never be transformed. Are you following me? Whoever is not willing to kill this very flesh will not be transformed. But again, you see, there's another problem for those who are in the Christendom already. That's why the mission of this very ministry is what? You, you wrote that. Huh? It's to the body of who? Christ. It's to the body of Christ. If you just tell me to get up there and there is this crusade of unbelievers that I should go and preach to them, you're wasting your time. He didn't call me for that. He said, I called you for my churches because 99% of them they don't know me. That's why this hard kind of message. It's only for those who are grown, who can absorb it. Are you following me? Who can absorb it? That's just what it is. So, but then, when you have the, what do you call it, that false sense of security, it will prevent you from ever being transformed. Please listen to me. When you have that false sense of security, it's all about grace. Don't worry about it. You will never be transformed. Grace is given to us for transformation. For what? For what? I have already said that. It's given to us for transformation. That's in regeneration. For what? Oh my goodness. Give me, give me Ephesians 2. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 2, 2, 8 to 10, please. For God bless Ephesians you. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. <laughs> yes. For by grace you have been saved through faith, mm -hmm. and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, mm -hmm. not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus mm -hmm. for good works. For good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In them. That is why Christ told us that you did not choose me. I chose you. Right? John fifteen sixteen. 
John 15, 16. Yes. You did not choose me, but I chose you mm -hmm. and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That you should go and bear fruit. And and that, yeah, go on, go on. <laughs> and that your fruit should remain. Your that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And those who do not bear fruit, good works. What do you say will happen to them? Read me the same 15 too, please. John 15, 2. Mm -hmm. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, let me ask everybody this. If it is all about grace, everything is done. Why is there judgment? It is appointed unto everyone to die first. The next thing is what? Judgment. And judgment will be according to what? Hi. I'm not saying that on our own we can go and do good work. That's what will get us into heaven. No. I'm not saying you shouldn't have faith. You shouldn't have all that. No. But God expects us to go and bear fruit to do the work he has called us to do. Now, there is something for me to use to close right now. The problem of misunderstanding what belief is. Please get this. I don't think we have the time. Belief and faith. Everybody will argue with you. In fact, somebody told me, you just have faith. I just have faith? If I have faith and think faith alone will get me into the kingdom of God, I'm wasting my time. I want everybody to know that. If, first of all, faith is not faith, except it's perfected with good works. Kai, faith, I have faith. Then I just said, this is enough. No, it doesn't work that way. Who was saying not James, right? James 2, 14 to 24. James 2. You don't read all that, huh? Don't worry. 14 to 24. Yes. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed mm -hmm. and filled, but do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Let's stop right there. If faith by itself does not have works, is dead. Right? You must have faith. But the perfection of that faith is good works. You must show what you claim to be able to work on it. God expects you that you should have faith on him. Without faith, nobody can please him. Without faith, nobody can even come to God. You have to have faith. But God wants you that when you have faith in him, you should go ahead and do what he tells you to do. There's only one way to express faith in God is that you are doing what he tells you to do. Isn't it true? Yes, right. Then there's somebody who came also one time was arguing and said, all you got to do is to believe. Did you? I'm sure you guys were here one day. I have seen that before. They said, believe. Believe you. Believe what? You receive? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, one of them that I was listening to said that you are... Your testimony will bring you possession. I am telling you, I have had this with somebody singing. Your testimony will bring you. Just, just testify. Don't worry about it and say you got it. You got it already. Really? I believe in something. I believe in God means nothing unless you obey him. Aya, please listen. I believe in God. That's what the same James was saying. You believe in God. You think you have done such a wonderful thing? But demons believe. Is that right? James 2, 19 to 20. You getting tired, my dear sister? No. Ah. 
James 2, 19 to 20. Yes. You believe that there is one God. Mm -hmm. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Mm -hmm. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? You see, James was saying that, you know, at the end of the day, he said, foolish, and it's truth. In other words, you believe in all these things. The, the devil believes. You fear God. The devil fears God. But the true fear of God is to depart from evil, which the devil cannot do. So the devil doesn't fear God. The devil does not believe in God. The devil believes that it's the distance of God. But I believe in God. If I believe in God, it's because of what he tells me to do, I do it. Amen. And that's why Christ told us, those who believe in me, the works, that's the way to show they believe in me. The works I do, they will also do. I have a long way I could go through this, but I don't want to, because I want to, to, to conclude it today. And then, that's, let me tell you about belief. The children of Israel that were destroyed in the wilderness, why were they destroyed? Unbelief. unbelief. What, what is unbelief? Go ahead and read me Hebrews 3, please, 12 to 19. Then I wouldn't ask you to read another one. Hebrews 3, 12 to 19. Yes. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Evil heart of unbelief, yes. In departing from the living God. Mm -hmm. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Yes. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the to end. To the end. Go on. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts mm -hmm. as in the rebellion. For who having heard rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Yes. Now, with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, mm -hmm. whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So not you obey. see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They couldn't enter because of unbelief. So unbelief is equal to what? Disobedience. God bless you. Unbelief is disobedience. The way to believe in God is to obey him. Otherwise, you... You have unbelief. You don't believe in him. And that's what he's saying here. I think, the, I think the Lord has taken us since the beginning of this year, literally to seven parts to conclude this series of total transformation. He knows why he's doing that. Because he really, God has found favor with us. He's, he loves us. And he wants us to really open our eyes and showing us the mysteries of his kingdom. And say, here I am. I will teach you so that you will not be taught wrongly or fall into a wrong hand. This is the way I am. Follow me and I will be your God and you will be my children. Lord, I thank you for this very evening and I pray, Lord, that your spirit will go and minister to all and go with them, Lord, to their homes, to everywhere, to their job, wherever they go, Lord. Help us, mighty God who is in heaven, that we may know you. Lead us. Glory be to your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our contact us page or by sending an email to 
info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.